Oh man, what a Super Bowl that was. Very exciting. We'll talk about all of that, plus more from the Alex Smith trade as we have new details, of course, since the last time we released an episode of the Chiefs Zone Podcast. So a lot to get into here on this episode of the Chiefs Zone Podcast. Big thanks to all of you guys for listening. I'm Farzim Masugin, your host of the Chiefs Zone Podcast. You guys know the drill. If you are a returning listener, you know how it works. Social media pages. If you're new, check them out. Interact with me on there. Facebook.com slash Farzine Vesugi. My Facebook page. Like and follow me on Facebook. Follow me on Twitter at Farzine21. And you guys can also email me, Farzine at FarzineVesugian.com. Going to be a fairly short episode here. Of course, recapping the Super Bowl between the Eagles and the Patriots. That went down to the wire in a thriller. Very exciting game from start to finish and listen love them or hate them uh, the Patriots that is every single Super Bowl they are a part of it is it always comes down to to the final minute and that's what we want in a championship game that is how we want the season to end to end in a bang and regardless whether you hate the team that wins the Super Bowl or you're happy about the outcome of the Super Bowl anytime Super Bowls end like that you can at least appreciate the game and appreciate the excitement of the sport. And for people who pretend like they want to protest the, the NFL because they're mad people were kneeling, I mean, that's their loss. Uh, I, I feel bad for the people who stopped watching football because of that. And for those who did stick around and watch the NFL, oh boy, you saw a very exciting game. So we'll recap that. Of course, talk about the Alex Smith trade. And we didn't get to talk about the addition of Kendall Fuller. What about Brett Veach? I think he deserves a lot of credit here because this guy's done a lot of work. He has not been the general manager for eight months, yet he has done more than Scott Pioli and John Dorsey in just a very short amount of time with the Chiefs. I wrote a column about this on Arrowhead Addict. Of course, we had Matt Connor, the editor, on a couple weeks ago, made the announcement that I'll be writing for Arrowhead Addict, and that was my first column with AA, and I wrote into detail just some of the things that Brett Feach has been able to do in a couple of years with the Chiefs and it's very interesting definitely want to hear about that and you guys let me know your thoughts on social media and I'll I'll definitely uh, react to everyone's thoughts about Brett Feach up to this point so far is the future looking good for the Chiefs with Brett Feach under the helm that is something that I think is worth getting into and then of course we'll wrap up the show go around the NFL out of bounds and I'll throw my penalty flags a lot of reactions in those segments to the Super Bowl. A lot of interesting things to talk about. Of course, commercials, uh, some movie trailers, and how this Super Bowl is going to make an impact on the offseason. I'll tell you how. This is going to be a very interesting offseason for quarterbacks. Look who just won the MVP for the Super Bowl. Nick Foles. I don't know. I guess uh, there are a lot of uh, angry... Sports fans everywhere. I mean, Eagles, yeah, the Eagles just won a Super Bowl, but, you know, Eagles fans, they're always going to be angry about something. Uh, I mean, that's just the way Eagles fans are. Uh, Patriots fans, they're all angry at Alex Reamer. Uh, I mean, they're pointing the finger at him now. If Alex Reamer was not public enemy number one in Boston and in the New England area, he definitely is now. Like, congratulations, Alex Reamer, with that moronic comment he made about Brady's daughter, which was completely uncalled for. Uh, I mean, he is now the most hated guy in the Boston and New England areas. Like, you basically did the impossible in in the Boston area. Congratulations. Like, Alex Reamer needs an award uh, with some sort of trophy with the word pissant on it, and then beneath that, that says most hated person in the New England area. 
So you got Eagles fans. I mean, they're just going to be angry about something because why not? They're Eagles fans. Patriots fans, they're all pissed off at Alex Zimmer. Chiefs fans, I guess they're just pissed off at the fact that these were guys who, just a couple of years ago, Nick Foles and Doug Peterson, they were on the Chiefs. Uh, and, and I'll get into this a little bit later you know, when we do our Around the NFL segment. But look, we have made so many excuses about Alex Smith, and me included, uh, in 2014 specifically when there was uh, when Alex Smith could not complete a touchdown pass to a wide receiver. And in the last two games, I thought it was evidence why. A lot of people were saying it's Alex Smith's fault. Well, Alex Smith in that Week 16 game threw a touchdown pass to Dwayne Bowe. Uh, or it should have been a touchdown pass, right to his hands, and he drops it. I think Dwayne Bowe, the same player who ran to the end zone, but fumbled it on his way there, and Travis Kelsey scooped it up. keeping. And it was a different quarterback, too. Chase Daniel threw that football there. Uh, and the offensive line wasn't very good that year for the Kansas City Chiefs. So uh, we've just made a lot of excuses for Alex Smith over the years. He he was missing Jamal Charles during the 1-5 start in 2015. Just so many different things. And I think when you ha- when you see what Nick Foles does, Nick Foles has been a journeyman in the NFL the past couple of years. Played for the Eagles, was let go, uh, went to the Rams, almost hung up his cleats, but came to Kansas City to reunite with Andy Reid and, and did fairly okay. I mean, in the li- limited time he saw snaps in the regular season, but went to follow Doug Peterson in Philadelphia and look where that got him. So uh, it's... It's just one of those, listen, a lot of Chiefs fans are angry, and they're saying, well, we should have kept him, Uh, John Dorsey spent too much money on him, the option would have been too much to keep Nick Foles, look, this is not uh, John Dorsey's fault, it's no one's fault, this is just bad luck here, there's a really, and listen, you want to blame it on the Chiefs, there were 30 other teams that didn't want Nick Foles, Nick Foles Followed Andy Reid and followed Doug Peterson, guys that coaches that he was familiar with, because no other teams were willing to take a chance on him. Now, I guarantee you, there are at least ten teams that are going after Nick Foles very soon, and maybe Nick Foles is going to stay in Philadelphia, and a and maybe Carson Wentz goes. I don't know. There were six teams that were reportedly talking to the Chiefs in trying to acquire Alex Smith. Well. Among those uh, five teams that lost the Alex Smith lottery pick there, I mean, surely all those five teams are going to go after Nick Foles. It is going to be a very interesting offseason. I'll talk more about that in the Around the NFL segment. But for right now, this Super Bowl, I've got to say, the one thing that I appreciate about this Super Bowl, a lot of people are talking about how there was no defense in this one. And yeah, I feel like, you know, defensively speaking, not a very good game, but... The Eagles, the one defensive play they did make, the one time a quarterback got sacked in this game, that made the biggest difference in the game near the end when Brady fumbled and the Eagles got the football back and made it an eight-point game, kicking a field goal late with 65 seconds to go. But both teams were aggressive. Something Kansas City definitely needs to learn in this football game. And not only were they aggressive, my goodness... 613 yards by the Patriots and 538 yards from the Eagles. That's just ridiculous. 1,151 yards combined. And not only that, the Philadelphia Eagles 2-for-2 
on fourth down in this football game. Of course, the one fourth down play that a lot of people are talking about, well, both of them, I think a lot of people are discussing, right before halftime, arguably one of the best trick plays ever, in which Nick Foles has to put on the best act possible, better than a Hollywood actor, essentially, in which he's trying to make some sort of audible, then he's lined up as a tight end, snap goes to a running back, Ajayi, handoff to a receiver and throws it to Nick Foles who's wide open because everyone thought this is going to be some sort of a weird jet sweep and that the, the the Patriots looked at it and thought this was going to be a bad play. Time to beat him for a loss of yards and turn it over on downs. No, Nick Foles wide open in the end zone. And it's funny because about a few minutes before that, the Patriots tried a very similar play in which they tried to throw a pass to Tom Brady midfield uh, again, very similar place uh, to a running back, uh, then to a receiver, and then trying to throw it to Brady, overthrew it. A lot of people are joking with Brady saying he dropped it. People are making the Giselle reference from a few years ago where she was going off on people in the media or whoever about how uh, Brady cannot effing catch the ball and throw it at the same time. Well, essentially, I guess she's right. Brady couldn't catch that one, but uh, it, it, that is a gutsy call right there, and I put that up there. With Sean Payton going for the onside kick when the Saints were playing the Colts back when Peyton Manning was with the Colts. I don't know. I think a lot if you if we were to do a poll right now, what was the more gutsier play call? The onside kick at halftime or the touchdown pass to Nick Foles on fourth down? A lot of people are probably gonna go with the quarterback pass, and I would agree with that, but I think a lot of people would also say it because because of recency. I mean, everyone will always say the most recent thing is uh, when we compare major events uh, of certain things, especially in sports, everyone will always pick the more recent event as more dominant or shocking, whatever you, you category we, we want to put it in. But I truly do think, I mean, to throw it to a quarterback, obviously we know quarterbacks, they're not known to use their hands for catching the football. But that's exactly what Doug Peterson and the Eagles drew up in this in this situation here. And that really was the major difference maker outside of the missed field goal from Gaskowski. And I don't know what it was with the missed PATs and the missed field goals, especially in an indoor stadium. But man, uh, that fourth down play right before halftime, that was that was a big play right there for the Eagles. And you got to give a lot of credit for to Doug Peterson. Uh, and, of course, the players uh, with the execution there, especially Nick Foles. Like I said, you've got to put on uh, just an A-plus acting role right there to sell that play. And Nick Foles sold it perfectly because when you see a quarterback moving around, making play calls, talking to his offensive line or his receivers, you'll see the defense just kind of sit back and chill for a moment. And, really, the Patriots were not ready because they were waiting for him to go back in shotgun formation and all of a sudden, you see the ball is snapped to the running back, uh, to Ajayi. So, very good play call. And again, very good execution by Nick Foles there. The other fourth down play that a lot of people are talking about with about five minutes left in the game. A lot of people are, were thinking it, the Eagles hadn't even crossed midfield yet. Yet, Nick Foles, uh, I mean, he, he on fourth, fourth and long, completes a pass for a first down to keep the Eagles drive alive. And eventually... Got in for a touchdown, and you know some drama about the whole. Uh, and this is, of course, before the second fourth down conversion. 
the controversy with Zach Ertz's touchdown catch. I mean, I didn't think that was at all a, uh, I don't think it was controversial. Here's what I will say, though, about this catch-no-catch drama. We saw Alshon Jeffrey come away with a big grab, and you can see he's bobbling the ball a little bit. And by the time he finally controlled the football, he got one foot in, and then the second foot hit the line. But referees reviewed it. They said, hey, look, it's all good. That essentially was the, the third the third foot to be on the ground, essentially. So he already had possession before that. Both feet were already inbound, so that was a third time his foot hit was basically on the ground. So my point here is, earlier this year, we have seen referees look at that play and say it's incomplete. So a lot of people, I remember seeing this on my Twitter timeline, a lot of people were saying that this is an incomplete pass, and I 100% felt the same way. And then we, to everyone's surprise, especially considering it was the Patriots on the other side of this, we look at this and we see that Alshon Jeffrey is getting the touchdown reception there. So the NFL and Roger Goodell made a comment about it earlier this week to the media. But the NFL needs to, first of all, they need to address this just publicly and they've got to have a meeting with their officials and figure out what why is it that this call cannot be made correctly we've seen so many issues with this and there's got to be some consistency here because we've just seen that call go different ways earlier in the season Zach Ertz I don't I don't know what the controversy was with that people are saying that there's a chance he could have dropped it when he fell to the ground he already had possession and broke the plane but even then, even if that football came out, that's not a drop. That's a fumble in which he got it back in the end zone. So I did not see any controversy. If anything, I thought that was more of a fumble than an incompletion, but he already broke the plane, so there was absolutely no drama. And again, this goes back to the whole deal. The referees were uncertain about this. There was no confidence in this when there should be. And I don't know why. Uh, I mean, football has been around for a long time. And for whatever reason, now more than ever, we don't know what a catch is and what it means to break the plane or, or be able to secure. A gra- I, I, I just don't know. And this is something that the NFL really needs to work on this offseason. But man, I, I, I've got to tell you, uh, this Eagles team, you've got to give credit to them because I picked against them Every single game they played in the postseason, as did a lot of people. But when you don't have Carson Wentz, the guy who helped you get to the playoffs, not the Super Bowl, he didn't play any postseason snaps. Nick Foles did. And he deserves a lot of credit for that. But when Carson Wentz, the guy who is essentially the reason why you're 13-3, and is injured and not available in the offseason or the postseason... Why would anyone have picked the Eagles? And they really are the perfect example now of the underdog story. From underdogs to Super Bowl champions dethroning the reigning champions and one of the more dominant teams we've seen in the past 18 years. And they not only that, with a backup quarterback, they put up 41 points. And of course, Nick Foles, former Chiefs backup quarterback to Alex Smith, Win Super Bowl MVP. And I think this is just Chiefs fans now, you know, 
Not too happy about this, but hey, look, what are you going to do? It's not like it was Kansas City's fault. Nick Foles, there was absolutely no indication that he could have been a Super Bowl MVP when he was backing up Alex Smith. Uh, There was just no way of that. So I do want to talk about the whole... The fact that the Chiefs did have a backup QB who eventually won a Super Bowl MVP, that, that that is an interesting comment there. And I do want to get to that a little bit later. As far as the Patriots go, maybe as to why they didn't win this football game, Gronkowski only had one catch in the first half. And a lot of people want to talk about how Brandon Cooks was injured. Look, Tom Brady was without Gronk in the second half a couple of weeks ago in the AFC title game against the Jaguars. And he still won the football game. A lot of people are making excuses for Alex Smith and the Chiefs, and they lost because Kelsey was out. Uh, listen, Kelsey addressed it on uh, Sirius XM when he was a guest uh, during uh, Super Bowl week on Radio Row. He mentioned that's not a re- valid reason, a valid excuse to lose a game. Uh, we just saw Tom Brady go out there and do it without Gronk. He did it without Gronk last year, too, winning a Super Bowl. And he won an AFC title game without him in that game in the second half. So... Losing a player is never an excuse. Uh, I mean, hell, look, look. Look who the quarterback was for the Eagles this year in the regular season versus the postseason. And they won a Super Bowl. So there's really never an excuse for injuries nowadays, I feel like. But the Patriots, they should have, when, when they have Gronkowski, I mean, it should have at least gotten the ball rolling with him, didn't do it, only had one catch in this game, and then on the opening drive of the second half, Gronkowski dominates, pretty much catches almost every pass on an eight-play, 75-yard drive that lasted, that went two minutes and 45 seconds, and, you know, why is it that they did not utilize him early? I mean, he's obviously the best pass catcher that Brady's ever worked with, and he's worked with a lot of great guys, Randy Moss, Tim Brown, so many great players, uh, but Gronkowski's got to be the more dominant guy on that list. And kind of just shocks me that they did not utilize him more early in the game. And I think that was a big factor in New England's loss. More more of a factor than that missed field goal from Guskowski. Shocker, I know, especially Guskowski, who's arguably one of the best kickers in the NFL. But at the end of the day, I mean, if you, if, if you hold Gronk to just one catch in the biggest game of the year then, you know, what's, what, what's what's the use of having him? Speaking of what's the use of having someone, Malcolm Butler, for whatever reason, was active for the game, but did not play in this game. Uh, people were unsure about this as to what the issue was. We saw him in the National Anthem before the game. He was in tears. Not sure if it was something personal, if it was because of the game or the moment or, or what the situation was. But Mal- Malcolm Butler spoke to ESPN's Mike Reese and was asked, you know, why did he not play in this game? He said, quote, they gave up on me. F. It was, It is what it is. And Reese went on to report that Malcolm Butler is pretty much going to be a free agent. Uh, and I just, I mean, that, that part's not a shocker after what we saw. On Sunday, just kind of a weird situation to see Malcolm Butler not be uh, not be on the field uh, on defense for the Patriots. Uh, so kind of interesting to see that. Uh, fun nugget uh, about the Super Bowl, by the way. Uh, t- listen to this: fewest regular season starts by a quarterback that went on to win a Super Bowl MVP. Doug Williams had two regular season starts in 1987. Nick Foles had three starts in the regular season. And Len Dawson in 1969, of course, with the Kansas City Chiefs, had seven starts, fewest regular season starts 
two, and yet the, won a Super Bowl MVP. So Nick Foles, a former Chief, on that list, and Len Dawson, also a former Chief, except he did win a Super Bowl with the Chiefs. Uh, second and third for fewest regular season starts by a QB, and went on to win a Super Bowl MVP. Hey, uh, just just a surprise there. You never see that. Uh, by the way, very interesting when they were doing the Super Bowl trophy presentation and when the trophy was making its way up the on the stage. I noticed something interesting. Kevin Hart was trying to get up on the stage at the same time as the uh, holder of the trophy. And I think it, because of a celebrity, he was trying to go up there and the security guard was just pushing him back, not having any of it. Listen, I get it. There are a lot of celebrities at this event. Some of them are Eagles fans. Some of them could be bandwagon Eagles fans. But I don't care what your celebrity status is. Uh, you cannot be wherever you want to be just because you are Kevin Hart or you are Tom Cruise or whoever you are. You you cannot use your celebrity status just to get around. I can't remember who it was. Uh, I want to say it was a rapper. Uh, but when the Oklahoma City Thunder were in the NBA Finals a few years ago, this rapper was trying to go to the Thunder locker room with no press pass, no nothing, uh, and security would not let him in. And he was very upset about it. Look, uh, first of all, Oklahoma City is not the celebrity type of town. I mean, it's not too far from Kansas City. You cannot just use your celebrity status to get around. Uh, so look, Kevin Harden, I don't know if he's complained about it. I don't know how big of a story it is. You could notice it on TV. Uh, but I don't think a lot of people were talking about it simply because the moment was just too crazy. They're, they're handing out the trophy to the Eagles and uh, people were still in shock after what just happened, how the game unfolded. Uh, but hey, uh, I, I think we've, we've, we've just got to understand what well, celebrities have got to understand. They can't just have have it their way because of who they are. One other interesting thing, this is actually really comical, but we all know Philadelphia Eagles fans, they're destroying the city of Philadelphia. It's pretty much going to look like the set of Grand Theft Auto V. Uh, Matt Connor said, that it's going to look like the set of Mad Max. Uh, I guess you could maybe also add in The Walking Dead. Uh, maybe something like that. Uh, but this is interesting. Uh, the city of Philadelphia put hydraulic f- fluid on street poles. That way fans, and listen, you know Eagles fans. They did not want Eagles fans climbing on these poles. And essentially it's supposed to make it slippery. And Eagles fans would not be able to climb those poles. There are a lot of photos on social media right now of Eagles fans easily and comfortably climbing these street poles right now. So city, the city of Philadelphia has essentially wasted money on hydraulic fluid that they were putting on uh, on these street poles, these street lights during the game and before the game. And uh, it has absolutely no effect. Uh, the purpose of it is absolutely not working. So the city of Philadelphia definitely fail on this one. Could have easily been part of the penalty flag segment, but I got a couple more for that later on. I do want to talk about the Chiefs for a moment. Of course, this is the Chiefs' own podcast. Um, not a lot of Chiefs news since we last spoke. Of course, uh, I didn't get a chance to talk about the Kendall Fuller part of the acquisition. Of course, I was responding to what I was seeing at the time of the recording of the podcast last week when the Alex Smith trade broke Wednesday evening. This is this is pretty huge for the Kansas City Chiefs. They acquired a third round pick and they acquired a cornerback. And a lot of people are talking about that. I mean the Redskins they've been getting a lot of grief for this on the dead spins, the 
the, the, the fake sports center on Twitter, the onion, all, all those kinds of websites, uh, barstool sports. A lot of people are, uh, giving the Redskins a bad grade for this, but Hey, look with Nick Foles leaving the chiefs and becoming Super Bowl MVP. Who's to say that cannot happen with Alex Smith, but I'll leave that for a different topic. Uh, what I want to get into is the fact that, you know, the Redskins, people are saying they got worse offensively and defensively. But man, did the Kansas City Chiefs pull off a big move here? They have two quarterbacks on their team, one that they just drafted. So there's obviously little use for Alex Smith and coming off a great season, you can definitely get a lot out of him in a trade. And the Chiefs did exactly that. Brett Veach found a way to get a third round draft pick, a second day draft pick for Smith and acquired one of the most underrated cornerbacks in the league in Kendall Fuller. According to Pro Football Focus, Kendall Fuller's sixth best-rated cornerback last season, the best-rated slot cornerback in 2017, had four interceptions, one forced fumble, and that was during his second season in the NFL. Fuller, this is also from Pro Football Focus, everything I'm reading here from PFF, Fuller allowed a 55.0 passer rating when covering the slot in 2017, which was the lowest in the NFL. He allowed... 0.07 yards, or excuse me, 0.74 yards per coverage snap, which was third lowest out of all slot corners last year. Again, all of that from Pro Football Focus. So obviously the Kansas City Chiefs are picking up a very talented player. Former Redskins general manager Scott McLaughlin, uh, also who drafted Fuller, he tweeted, I would have never traded Kendall Fuller. He can play inside and outside. He's a high character, young, and a great football player. And by the way, uh, funny, uh, from Barstool Sports, uh, they, um, they put a, an article saying that Redskins fans should essentially be allowed to change their football team. ESPN, as you may remember, uh, Kirk Cousins, he was heading to the locker room once and was yelling, you like that, uh, at somebody. They have edited that and they put Alex Smith's face on Kirk Cousins while Kirk Cousins is shouting, you like that, which I thought was pretty comical. A lot of you guys really enjoyed that on the Facebook page. Uh, this is interesting. Bryce Harper of the Nationals. A lot of uh, Redskins fans angry. A lot of people in Washington are angry. And you can even see Washington players on their Twitter pages. They're trying to they're trying to be kind about this, uh, this trade here. Bryce Harper of the Nats, not very happy about this. He expressed his frustration with that. On social media, Alex Smith already signed a four-year extension worth $70 million in guaranteed money with the, with the uh, Redskins. I was about to say the Eagles. Uh, may, maybe the Eagles will pick up a former Chiefs player. Well, already picked him up, but maybe we'll give him a major contract. Who knows? So definitely will be interesting to see. Uh, one, uh, A couple of interesting uh, pieces of news uh, regarding the Chiefs. Uh, I don't want to get into this too much. I've talked about this. I'm not a big fan of these international games, but the Chiefs and the Rams, they will be playing in Mexico City in 2018. The Rams will lose a home game to play in Mexico City, so the Chiefs this is a, essentially a road game for them. I know they will give bye weeks if a team plays internationally overseas in London. I don't know if they would necessarily provide a bye week after playing in Mexico City, considering it is still within the continent. Uh, so that is going to be something to look out for. I, I, I know teams have played in Mexico City before, but I uh, I don't know if they have uh, been given a bye week before that. So uh, we'll, we'll have to check that out, and we'll see if the NFL will give the Chiefs and the Rams a bye week after that. 
this one a lot of Chiefs fans were angry about. Saints running back Alvin Kamara won 2017 Offensive Rookie of the Year over Kareem Hunt. Now I'm going to read you these numbers here, and you guys decide on this. Alvin Kamara, and this is just yards from scrimmage and only on offense. Kamara did a lot of things on special teams, but this is the Offensive Rookie of the Year award. Kamara had 1,554 yards from scrimmage. Hunt had 1,782 yards from scrimmage. Now, Kamara had way fewer touches. 201 touches out of 325 uh, compared to Hunt's 325 touches. Now, this is, of course, a more interesting one. Yards per touch. Kamara, 7.73. Hunt, 5.48. Both very good. It's just Kamara had better, uh, a higher stat there. Total touchdowns, Kamara had 13. Hunt had 11. And again, Kamara, with fewer touches, had a higher yard per touch average and more touchdowns. And a lot of people are saying Kamara had it easy because he was splitting uh, time with, with, with Ingram. And I don't really buy the excuse with that. Uh, I, me personally, and, and I, I, I'll, I'll admit, maybe I'm, I'm letting my bias speak here, but I would say Hunt for Rookie of the Year. Now, I'm not outraged by this because I think it's very close between these two. I can't fault anyone for saying Kamara deserves it over Hunt. Chiefs fans, again, Chiefs fans, I think are just very upset by this. Uh, it's just an award. We got ju- It's an individual re- uh, award. That's one thing we've got to remember. But Chiefs fans are saying that this is the Offensive Rookie of the Year award and that Hunt was playing all year long. And I look, Hunt and the rest of the Chiefs, They, I mean, they ha- ran into a brick wall for a few weeks midway through the season and... You know, maybe that played a factor as to why Hunt wasn't the rookie of the year. Man, it could have and really should have come close to 2,000 yards from scrimmage. Whereas Kamara, again, a guy who didn't play a whole lot, didn't get a lot of touches this year, uh, just barely passing the 200 touch mark, he dominated every time he had the football. And again, he also saw time on special teams too. And that was a factor too as to why he didn't get as many touches. So. I don't blame uh, the voters for this one. I think Alvin Kamara, uh, I, again, my vote would have cu- went to Kareem Hunt, but I don't think there's anything wrong with Alvin Kamara winning the Offensive Rookie of the Year award. So if you're upset by that, I can understand Chiefs fans always going to be upset if their uh, if their player doesn't win a certain award. But uh, I, I think this is a, a valid one here. It could have really gone either way. Could have e- easily gone to Hunt for the way he started off the 2017 NFL season. And the fact that he led the league in rushing yards. And it could have easily gone to Kamara. A guy who amassed so many yards from scrimmage on offense. And did it with very few touches. And still put up big numbers. When you hear those two things. You can you can give the award to either one. So I don't think Chiefs fans need to be outraged by this. It's not like they handed the Super Bowl MVP to Kamara. This is just an individual award. Uh, a rookie award that went to Kamara. They, I mean, it doesn't decide who's going to win the Super Bowl next year or for years beyond that. I think Chiefs fan, a lot of Chiefs fans are upset, maybe too upset with all of that. Let me know your guys' thoughts on all of this. Facebook.com slash FarzineVesugian, Twitter.com slash Farzine21, and you guys can also email me, Farzine at FarzineVesugian.com. A lot to talk about with the Kansas City Chiefs, uh, the addition of Kendall Fuller, a lot of people still talking about that, the Rookie of the Year Award, and of course the Chiefs and Rams playing in Mexico City. Let me know about all of that, and I've got a lot more to talk about with the Super Bowl. A lot of reactions from my end, and let's go ahead and go back to that. We'll start by going around the NFL. 
I've got to say, this is going to be a very interesting offseason in the NFL. And this week had a big hand in it. Alex Smith being traded and Nick Foles winning the Super Bowl MVP. Those are two major events that I think is going to play a, a big impact in the offseason. Alex Smith goes to the Washington Redskins. That allows Kirk Cousins to be a free agent, and he's going to be testing the waters. Where is he going to go, and how much money is he going to demand? If Alex Smith got a four-year deal with $70 million guaranteed at at the age he's at right now, what could, what could a guy like him demand? And what about Nick Foles? This guy was a backup, had three regular season starts, and won Super Bowl MVP. The regular season MVP, a lot of people thought Carson Wentz was on his way to get that. And now Nick Foles, a backup, just won MVP for the biggest game of the year. Now, we, we can talk about the Eagles side of things, because that's going to get interesting. What do you do here? There was a report Sunday morning that the Eagles were going to put... That they were going to tag Foles and put him on the trade block. So, what happens with all of that? And I do have to correct myself, actually. Foles signed a two-year... $11 million contract with the Eagles, uh, including a few bonuses here and there. Uh, 2018, uh, which is going to be the coming year, he's going to earn a base salary of $4 million uh, and a roster bonus of $3 million while carrying a cap hit of more than $7.5 million. Uh, according to Track, he's under contract through 2021, so I take that back. But still, nonetheless, yeah, I mean, this is a guy who can is in position to demand a lot of money. The Eagles can get a lot of value out of him, but... Do the Eagles want to keep Carson Wentz or do they want to keep a guy that just won Super Bowl MVP? So we know there's going to be another quarterback that's going to be available from Philadelphia and he's going to go somewhere else. So uh, this is going to be very interesting. Uh, I mean, there are a lot of players out there available. And of course, Baker Mayfield, a lot of talk about him and how high he could go in the draft. Uh, maybe his stock falls. We don't know. Maybe it rises. That that remains to be seen. Drew Brees, we know about his situation. He's currently set to be a free agent unless he resigns with the Saints. There are a lot of interesting pieces right now. A lot of proven quarterbacks that will either be a free agent or at the very least should be on a different team. We've already seen Alex Smith make that switch. And now there's a chance that we see Nick Foles, maybe other guys in the picture. I mean, look at Case Keenum, uh, a guy who was a backup and help the Vikings get to a conference title game. This is going to be a very interesting offseason, and these quarterbacks have a big hand in it. Speaking of Blake Bortles, or Case Keenum, as well as Blake Bortles, Nick Foles, listen. The four quarterbacks in the conference title games this year were Tom Brady, Blake Bortles, Case Keenum, and Nick Foles. If you told me Bortles, Keenum, and Foles were going to make it up to this point before the season, those were going to be the starting quarterbacks. Uh, in the final four of the of the NFL this year, I would have said there's absolutely no way. I don't see that as a possibility. There's no way that's e- even realistic. Yet, Bortles made it after years of struggling with that Jaguars team. Case Keenum, uh, you, you know, the third stringer, essentially, on the Vikings, started for the Vikings for most of the year and helped them get to this point. And Nick Foles, who filled in for a guy who was a favorable candidate to an MVP, just won Super Bowl MVP. What excuse is there anymore in the NFL these days? A lot of people will talk about injuries and how that plays a factor, but I mean, we, we sell Blake Bortles, a guy, again, not, not a backup, but not the greatest player either. 
I guess he, he could essentially make a case that he was the second best quarterback in the AFC behind Tom Brady. And look at Case Keenum. Look how far. Case Keenum and Nick Foles were the two last standing quarterbacks from the NFC. And I've talked about the list of QBs in the NFC too. This is definitely shocking to see over Drew Brees, Matt Ryan, so many great quarterbacks in that uh, in that conference. Cam Newton. Uh, I mean, we, we, we can talk about that for a long time. It's going to be very interesting to see how teams will try to prepare their teams down the road. And listen, I mentioned earlier, Nick Foles was a backup for the Chiefs. You never know if there's some sort of a, a hidden gem or a diamond in the rough on any NFL roster or just on any sport where you have someone who's riding the bench, but really they could be a valuable asset to a team. You just never know. And Nick Folds is proof of that. Let's go out of bounds. I think the winner for best Super Bowl commercial definitely has to go to Eli Manning, Odell Beckham Jr., and the rest of the New York Giants that were part of this dance commercial. And people are saying there's a big reason as to why uh, why the Giants didn't win very many games. Uh, perhaps they were preparing for that Super Bowl commercial. Uh, listen, that was just weird t- to watch. Uh, I-, I guess the question I have is, how much money did those guys get to do that? Because you would have to pay me a lot of money if I was Eli Manning or Odell Beckham Jr. and I, I had to dance with my teammate like that. Uh, you've got to you've got to open up that checkbook. You've got to put some. You got to put a lot of zeros there to make me want to do something like that. Kind of makes me wonder, like, what would you do uh, if someone had asked you to do something so bizarre, so crazy, man? How much money would you have to demand to to, to do something like that? Now, I mean, look, Eli Manning, if they offer a few thousand, I mean, that's nothing to him. He would need way more than that, especially for a Super Bowl commercial. But, uh, oh boy, uh, that had to be, honestly, one of my favorite commercials. Probably the best, uh, other than the Eminem commercial, where the guy went from Eminem to human. Uh, easily one of the uh, best commercials we saw this year. Definitely a step up from last year's Super Bowl commercials. I do have one question. Speaking of commercials, we saw The Rock in another trailer Looks like an interesting trailer. Uh, the movie is called Skyscraper. Uh, should be very interesting. Definitely look, looking forward to it. Uh, but I do have to ask, how many movies is The Rock in? I mean, this guy seems like he's in every... Like, he's doing a movie every other month now. And listen, I, as someone who was a big pro wrestling fan because of The Rock... I always wonder, I mean, why would he not go back to the WWE for a short time? And I know his acting career didn't necessarily get off to the greatest start. He had a couple of good movies. Of course, his first major one was The Mummy Returns, I believe. Uh, And then he had some fairly bad ones shortly after that. But look at how much his acting career has picked up. And he's been getting a lot of awards for his uh, acting performances. Uh, Man, uh, no wonder he's distanced himself from the WWE. For a long time, he didn't go back. Then he went back for a little bit. Has some surprise returns here and there. But for the most part, uh, it's no wonder why The Rock doesn't want to be with the WWE full-time anymore. Look at his acting career. And he probably knew that early on, he just didn't get off to a good start. He had movies like Doom, uh, several others, Walking Tall. Ugh, oh, that, that was good and bad, I guess. It had its parts. But uh, he really picked it up and got better. And... 
he's now one of the best actors in Hollywood. Uh, and it's an example. I mean, we see a lot of people who get acting opportunities. I talked about this with Ronda Rousey and several other people who gained a- acting gigs and they were just horrible at it. The Rock is one of the few people who, from his status in another industry, found his way to Hollywood and is actually doing a great job at it. Very few people are able to do what The Rock's been able to do in the Hollywood industry. So give credit to him. Uh, he's done so much and he just find him, finds himself in these situations quite a bit he's earned so many opportunities hosting award shows uh, so many other things that, that that's gone his way and props to him look i was a big pro wrestling fan because of him but he should continue to distance himself more and more from the wwe universe as they like to call it and continue to do what he's doing because probably a better gig and it's paying a lot more certainly final segment let's throw some penalty flags I need to know whose idea it was to put 2001 Madden graphics anytime they were showing a a virtual graphic of a player. Tom Brady's visual graphic, again, from it looked like they were graphics from like the PlayStation 2 of a Madden game. Tom Brady looked like uh, you were one of those nerds uh, in high school or college, uh, especially with that hair. Just did not look anything like him. If anything, it looked like a nerd that was trying to dress up as Tom Brady. Uh, I, I, I just don't know exactly what happened to where they had 2001 type of graphics on their broadcast for NBC. That was very weird, and I hope NBC never shows anything like that ever again. And if they're going to do a partnership with EA Sports, and I know NBC has the money, and get the more recent Madden 18 graphics up there because it'll look a lot better on the eyes. Trust me. Uh, It's 2018. We should have better looking graphics than that. Speaking of NBC, I don't know if this is on NBC or who got in trouble for this? Maybe an intern. Everyone always blames the intern. But NBC cuts to a commercial, and the screen just goes black for 30 seconds. I, I, it felt like 30 seconds. I don't know if it was really 15 or 30. Uh, either NBC hit the wrong... Someone on NBC's end hit the wrong button, or maybe... Here's what could have been the issue... Uh, I think NBC did not communicate this to all the local NBC affiliates across the country, letting them know that it was supposed to be a regional commercial break. Maybe that was supposed to be the local commercial break, and that was communicated poorly. The third idea, and this would be, I guess, the funny one, uh, maybe there's someone out there that paid $2 million to just have a black screen as a commercial. One of those three. If you have any other ideas, let me know. I'd love to know. I was not a fan of the halftime show with Justin Timberlake. Uh, look, I'm not a big JT fan. Uh, you know what, though? It was just missing something. Uh, if only Justin Timberlake was part of a really popular band. Uh, I don't know, back in the 90s. Uh, oh, yeah, NSYNC. Not a single... 
uh, person from NSYNC was there. And I was just shocked by that. Everybody was expecting NSYNC. It would have been too obvious, perhaps. But look, I think uh, that would have been just a perfect way to have those guys back together for one night. Of course, they were a huge hit. They were one of the, the more, more popular bands. Uh, and of course, compared to the Backstreet Boys quite a bit back in the day. So uh, I, don't, I, I was definitely shocked like a lot of people. I definitely was shocked that Janet Jackson was not in this. Listen, it's 2018. If you do something stupid, and if you can just have a sense of humor and poke fun at the situation, you know, poke fun at yourself, it would have been great. Have Janet Jackson come out, maybe do some sort of a cheesy reference to the wardrobe malfunction that occurred, and everyone just has a great laugh about it. It's going to make front page news... It would probably be the front page main story uh, over the game, essentially. It's 2018. If you can have that kind of a sense of humor where you can make fun of yourself like that, just 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 have fun about the moment years later, everyone's going to love it. But no, uh, they decided to not go that route. So honestly, I was not very impressed by that halftime performance. I really was. People are saying it was the best. Uh, either those people had a lot to drink or they have never seen a halftime show ever or you're just a really hardcore Justin Timberlake fan that thinks he is absolutely perfect in a, in a world uh, which I completely disagree with uh, I thought the tribute to Prince the idea of it sounded nice but I, the, the execution I was not a fan of it at all I did like the purple city outside uh, but other than that I, I mean the Going into the crowd and the kid on his phone, I mean, I don't know how much of that was staged, how much of it was real. Just seemed really weird to go into the the crowd like that. Not a big fan of it. Uh, Not a good halftime show, especially considering it was lip synced. I love flyovers like a lot of Chiefs fans. I know flyovers have been a big staple at the end of national anthems at Arrowhead Stadium for years. But we see the Super Bowl at indoor stadiums quite a bit now. So, my question is, what is the point? Again, I love flyovers and I appreciate our Air Force and everything they do for our country, but what is the point of a flyover for an indoor event? I appreciate it uh, when they have flyovers for games and they actually show it for the people not in attendance, for people watching from home. I, I like that, but when you do a flyover for an indoor event, you're only catering to the people at home. A flyover is supposed to look awesome in person. And in person, you're the only thing you have, I mean, the, the, it's covered. So unless, uh, you know, some stadiums, I know they're trying to do like a see-through, a rolling roof. You can do that with some stadiums now, some of the newer stadiums. But that was not the case here. It's a covered roof. It's an indoor stadium, essentially. And the flyover was honestly pointless. It, it doesn't serve a purpose. It's supposed to look better in person than on TV. I don't I don't know how much money is spent on this. A few years ago, uh, the media reported it was $450,000. I'm sure the price of that goes up each year. Uh, but there's absolutely absolutely, excuse me, no reason to do a flyover for an indoor event. It's completely pointless and it's a waste of money. Let me know you guys thoughts on everything we talked about here on this episode of the Chiefs on Podcast. Farzi Vasugian here. Facebook.com slash Farzin Vesugian. Like and follow me on Facebook. Follow me on Twitter at Farzin21. And you guys can also email me, Farzin at FarzinVesugian.com. Next episode, we'll talk about the Chiefs personnel, how it looks 
with the addition of Kendall Fuller, how this team looks right now, and what other improvements they could make in the offseason to help better the personnel. And this is the Chiefs team. Look, injuries aside, we know it's going to come. It's going to come for all the teams, but we know it's no longer an excuse. But with this team right now, the Chiefs have one of the best personnel units in the NFL right now. So how will they look in 2018? We'll talk about that on the next episode. Also, I've talked about this for a while. I posted a picture on Facebook and Twitter. A lot of you guys have asked some questions about it. If uh, you haven't asked a question yet, but you want to, uh, contact, uh, send me something on social media or email me. At the end of the next podcast, I'm going to go into detail about my weight loss. As I've mentioned to you guys, since August 1st, I have lost 37 pounds. Went from 220 and now at 183. And I'll tell you guys a secret. No cost. Not going to charge you anything. And uh, there are a lot of people out there who will ask for money if they want to tell you the secret. I'm not going to do that. I want to help other people out there. I I think we owe it to ourselves as people to have uh, a a good body, to be in good physical shape. Don't necessarily have to be ripped. Don't got to be a a bodybuilder necessarily. But I think really we do owe it to ourselves to have a good body, to be in good shape so we can live longer. And... I think it's a serious issue, people who are not in shape, and they don't know what to do. And I was that guy for a while, I was never necessarily obese, but I was definitely overweight, and I want to give you guys the details about all of that. So if you have a question you want me to answer, even after the podcast, I'm still more than happy to answer anything uh, privately on a Facebook message or or an email, Uh, but I'll address some of the questions on the next episode of the podcast. Uh, I'll talk about my weight loss, my journey, and what it took to get there and what you need to do for those who also have goals and want to lose weight and get in better shape. I'll talk about all of that on the next episode of the Chiefs Zone Podcast. That will be released on Thursday. Hope you guys enjoy your weekend. Hope you guys love the Super Bowl. I don't see why you wouldn't. Great ending and a lot of people I think are happy with the outcome. One season now in the books. We'll also recap the 2017 NFL season and what this season meant and what we can expect moving forward. Talk to me on social media. I'll be back on Thursday for another episode this week. Take care.